The action on the court is done. Curry left side. Crossover on Morris. Backs up. Shoots a three over him. And knocks down another one. But the night is just getting started on NBA Radio. I think we're very close, obviously. You know, some things will tweak, and we'll get back on the horse, and we'll get these guys here pretty soon. Breaking down every game-changing play. Giannis pulling it down the lane. To the rim and slamming with a left hand. Taking your calls. And bringing you inside the locker room for post-game reaction. We'll clean up the offensive stuff, but if we can guard like that, we got a chance to be decent. This is the NBA Radio Postgame Show. What's up and welcome in. This is the NBA Postgame Show on NBA Radio, Sirius 207XM86 and the Sirius XM app. Along with NBA All-Star Reggie Theus, Jonathan Hood with you as we review Saturday night's games. Open phone lines for you, 855-NBA-JUMP, 855-622-5867 is our phone number. Hit us up on Twitter as well, at Reggie Theus, at Tweet, J Hood, at SiriusXMNBA. Reggie, what a great night of basketball on Saturday, including the game that we had right here on NBA Radio. The Brooklyn Nets at Barclays defeat the Miami Heat by the score of 128-124. to So all of us as NBA fans want to see how this all works, right, with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and James Harden <laughs> all together. You know, the Nets were cruising along nicely, and then the Heat came back in that game and made it a little bit uncomfortable, a little close. Yeah. You know, it's funny because you're sitting there, and you kind of you want the Nets to do well because they're they're they've got these obviously three headed monster there they're, they're probably the best uh, triple threat of all time in terms of scoring ability offensive mm-hmm. ability all the way around I, I can't I can't think of you know three players on any team that you know as potent as as these three guys uh, in, in in any any recent history that's for sure. But you're also sitting there going, I wonder if they're going to implode. I wonder if Kyrie's going to screw the locker room up. I wonder what's really going to happen. I wonder if somebody, you know, is, is, is one guy going to sacrifice for the betterment of this, what they're trying to accomplish? And, uh, you know, so there's a lot of questions uh, defensively. I'm not so worried about them uh, defensively because I think that that's going to come. Uh, right now, you can outscore people in this game. Um, early in the season, throughout the season, but you're going to have to play defense to win the Eastern Conference. Yes, I understand, Reggie, that uh, both of us are interested in the ratchet, uh, the the, the <laughs> kind of the, the fire on the side of the road. You just can't wait. You can't help but to see what's on the side of the road. But as a basketball romantic, I will say I'm interested to see how all the, all these players develop all at the same time, right? In yeah, this game, yeah. right? So Kevin Durant has 31 points. He, I mean, that guy is tremendous. Three, a four for seven from three point range. He had 31 points. Kyrie Irving, when they need a basket, especially late, he came through in the clutch three for five for three-point range he had 28 points yeah. and and also james hart we got to point him out too the beard 12 points 11 assists seven rebounds and 38 minutes of play he was over five from three now the thing that is interesting to me from that standpoint is you know who gets the ball last who is going to be the alpha dog when the game is on the line i would say it's kd but how will irving and harden handle that as the season progresses well, I'll put it to you this way. If they're not willing to give KD the ball when the game's on the line down the stretch, they can't win a championship. It, it, there's no way because Harden and Kyrie pretty much are going to take 30-footers, 25, 22 to 30, 30 feet out. And, yeah, of course they can drive, but for the most part, 
they're going to do the step back, you know, stutter step, step back, travel, jump shot, try to, you know, and try to, you know, through the legs around the back, dribble 900 times. Katie's going to catch it on the elbow, turn and shoot it. You know, he doesn't have to do all that. So the easiest shot there is, is KD in crunch time. The, the hardest thing to guard, and I was watching the game and I'm thinking to myself, and I didn't see them do this, so maybe they did, I don't know, but I didn't see it. Think about Harden or think about Kyrie in a pick and roll with KD. Like, what's going to happen? Because if a smaller player switches on KD, now he's got nobody really guarding him. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's going to turn. He's not even going to see the guy that he's shooting over the top of. So, uh, you know, KD pick and roll with either Harden or or uh, uh, Kyrie is incredible. I think really incredible to guard. You know, the thing that really stood out, too, in that, especially in that first half, is to see Joe Harris with his 23 points, yeah. 7 for 12 from three-point range. Reggie, to me, I know that the the big glaring red light is, hey, what's going on going on with KD and Kyrie and James Harden? I, I totally understand that. But I think it's very important for the Nets to establish that rotation. Who else can those big three trust to be able to throw the ball out? Say, for instance, Irving is not on. Harden's not having a good day. Well, someone else has to be able to stuff up in in the mix and Harris with a seven for twelve uh, from three point range and twenty three points. Uh, that's a step in the right direction. Well, listen, if you're, you're if you're playing against the Nets, you're going to try as a as a coach to to pick and choose or, or to decide who's going to win the game. I know Kyrie can score 40, 50. I know James can score sixty. I know that KD can score sixty. So who are they going to leave open? You know, Joe Harris has the best job in all of basketball. All he has to do is maintain his mental stability and, you know, stay focused. And it's not going to happen every night, but he's going to be the recipient of double teams and swings and all kinds. He's going to be open 60% of the time the whole season. So all he has to do is just play. And if I hear him whining about anything, I'm gonna I'm gonna fly to Brooklyn myself and punch him in the face. You know, and, you know, seriously, just shut up and play. You know, you got you got an opportunity to 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 really earn the money that they gave you. You have an opportunity to be special. You know, and you're, you to be special means that you're gonna reap the benefits from all the defense that's gonna have to be concentrating on your other three guys. So just wait your turn. And just play the game, man. With Reggie Theus, Jonathan with you on the NBA postgame show on NBA radio. Let's hear now from a guy that really came up big for Brooklyn, Joe Harris. Let's hear what he had to say on the Yes Network. Uh, it's huge. Um, you know, obviously a couple of tough games, but able to find our rhythm here early. And then at the end of the day, a win is a win, and we'll take it however we can get it. With Kevin sitting last night, this is just the second game where we've seen Kevin, Kyrie, James with the rest of the group. I know folks want things to be perfect right away, but what is this process like building continuity, connectivity out there, and trust? Um, you know, it's tough. Uh, like you mentioned, you know, this is the second time where we've had this entire group together. Um, it's going to take time. You know, we just have we got to be patient. Um, no need to panic here early. Um, you know, it's one of these things where we don't have the luxury of having a lot of practice time, um, a lot of time together where, you know, we're just kind of throwing it into the fire. And uh, you really got to be patient with this whole thing.
So our thoughts there from Joe Harris. And you know, you know what, Reggie? Yeah. In this game, yeah, when, when you when you win, everybody says the right things, right? Sure, you know? sure. He was upset course. the other day. You know, I, I didn't shoot the ball enough. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. You know, now it's you just got to be patient. You know, I had a nice game tonight, so I'm I'm cool today. In this game, there was no Tyler Hero for Miami, no Jimmy Butler, no Avery right. Bradley, and no Miles Leonard. And so you and I are watching the game. We're like, oh, this might be a blowout if you don't have you know, uh, quality players on the floor for Miami. But they hung in there in a big way. And a big part of that is Bam Adebayo, the center. So Bam Adebayo had 41 points, 12 of 14 from the line. He had nine assists. Uh, and 14 for 20 from the field. We point him out because he's one of the reasons why the Miami stayed the ball game. I was really impressed by him being able to help this Heat team at least keep it close, especially in the fourth quarter. Well, and, and you have to be impressed with Spolstra and what they ran down in the fourth quarter, basically just giving Bam the ball and, go, and feeding him because he was hot. I mean, four, 14 for 20. Uh, and and getting to the line fourteen times too, uh, you know you don't have to go anyplace else. Uh, if if he if he catches the ball, the defense is going to have to react one way or the other, uh, because Perry couldn't guard him. It was a it was a joke. Uh, pump fake, jump in the air, bucket, spin move, drop step, bucket. I mean it was like it was one after the other, you know. And finally, he looked like he was a little bit tired. And he kind of went sideways, and he did a little fall away and hit the front of the rim. Okay, now we got to go someplace else. Next time down, they went to another player. And, and it just kind of worked out. You gave him a chance to get a blow. But uh, I just give uh, Spolster so much credit when I see a coach go back to the same guy and run something for a particular player that's not 30 feet from the basket. All right, so the Miami Heat falls short as Brooklyn wins 128 to 124. Another game that took place uh, on Saturday was Minnesota. Minnesota defeated the New Orleans Pelicans 120 to 110. No shade at Minnesota, but Reggie, I need your help. I really need your help with this Pelicans team. Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right, let me let me, get, let me get to that page of my yellow pad. Hold on. There, there, here we go. Hold on. Here, here we go. go. Okay, so the Pelicans now with this loss is five and ten, three and seven on the road. You make a coaching change because you expect better. You expect someone to be able to come in and help the development of Zion Williamson and this ball club, and they're 5-10. and 10. I know Joel Myers somewhere said, don't talk about my team, please. Like, like, let me tell you, Zion Williamson has 19 points and 11 rebounds and three assists in this loss. But, Reggie, when I look at the, the five that they throw out there, right, I liked Ingram when he's with the Lakers. I don't mind him on this team. Adams was always a bruiser for Oklahoma City. He's on this team now. And then there's Lonzo Ball and, and Eric Bledsoe. My issue is is that it's when I'm watching Zion, it's it should be about him. It should be about him. I, I I just need to know who Stan's trying to develop because it's an awkward front court. You know Adams is this bruiser inside that will try to get his points, but not in abundance. Ingram's a nice player. He had 30 points tonight in the loss. But Zion seems like he's the second or third option. Is that something they have to work out, or is this what Zion is, understand? Yeah, it, it, it's tough. First of all, Brett, uh, Brandon Ingram is becoming one of my favorite players, by the mm -hmm. way. I, I watched him in college. I loved him in college. I got a chance to see him with the Lakers and, and, and develop and start to play better at the end, uh, and he's taken it to uh, the Pelicans and, and, and gone up a couple of notches. He's becoming an all-around better player and playing with so much confidence. So he, he is their number one option and by all means should be. The problem with today's game is that, again, 
kind of what I said about uh, about Bam Adebayo. You know, you have to run things for a specific guy to get him the ball. In this spread offense and the movement of the offense, it, it, you never know who's going to end up with the shot. Because, you know, specifically, typically when you run a, a set, the set ends with X, Y, or Z. You know, one or two options, one or three options maybe. Uh, and you can kind of control where your shots are coming from. In today's game, it's difficult to control where the shots are coming from because everybody's touching the ball. Uh, so I think that they have to give him some space. He has to catch the ball. For me, if he, if he catches the ball at the elbow and turns and faces, he is a beast to try to guard. Mm-hmm. He's not a bad passer. He's one dribble to the rim. He's also, if he misses it, he's got a great second jump to get the tip back in. Uh, and, yeah, I think he needs to get a few more looks at that elbow area. And that's that's also another way to, like I said, like the same thing I said about Bam, how you tempo the game is by, you know, giving it to a guy and letting him work in a scoring red zone area. I just uh, It's an interesting it's an interesting team. They're young. And part of the problem is Ball's not been playing well. Right. Bledsoe is, is going to be forever um, just – up and down offensively. I, it's just, that's one of the reasons why I wasn't a big fan of him and when he was in Milwaukee because it just couldn't count on him when the game was on the line. So they, they really – and, you know, you bring up Adams. Adams is what you just said. He's a bruiser around the basket. It's a great guy, by the way. Right. But, you know, I think that that's also somebody that against certain guys, you can probably throw the ball to him every now and then in the block and let him go to work on somebody too. I just I, – you know, along with the lack of shooting – Ball is, is streaky. You mentioned Bledsoe. You know, Reddick's yeah. coming off the bench. He's got he has 11 minutes and did not score. You know, Josh Hart, I like Josh Hart at college. I like him with the Lakers. You know, at five points in 29 minutes. It's like, you know, I want Zion to be able to be who he is. If I think he can shine. It just seems redundant in the front court. Like, you have a big guy like Williamson and and Adams, right? And it's just yeah, kind of like, yeah. okay, now, now they're both in the post. It's kind of, it gets cumbersome in there because I, I want well, yeah. Williamson to, to, to operate in there from the foul, from the foul line down. I want him to be able to operate and feel comfortable in there. Well, I mean, listen, the truth is, is that it, it's, it's a log jam. Mm-hmm. There's no place for Zion to, to, to play. And that's a structural issue that they have to deal with, you know, for management, they have to deal with that one. Because there's no way to fix that because Adams, if he's at the three-point line, if he's spaced out, then you're basically wasting him because he's just he's, he's not going to do anything from out there. Um, one of the things that I remember, and I don't know where they are today, but earlier it, it, they, their defense, uh, they, were, they were doing pretty well defensively. Uh, and I don't know where they sit right now in, 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 the, in the pecking order defensively. But if they've gotten better defensively, then that's basically what Stan has done. Um, but they're still young. Uh, you know, I was a, a big fan of Alan Gentry. You know, I thought he did a great job with that team. So I wasn't really sure why they needed to make a change. But, you know, I like Stan, too. So, I mean, they, you know, so that's the way it kind of goes. But at the same time, they have a structural uh, problem. Because as you pointed out, Zion needs touches. Zion needs room. And he can't get that with Adam sitting in the low block. Some thoughts now from Stan Van Gundy, the head coach for the Pelicans. Uh, why he thinks the reason was that they lost the game. I, I think what upsets me the most about this one is that we lost that game because Minnesota played a lot harder 
than we did with a lot more energy and intensity than we did. Um, you know, they defended harder. They went to the boards harder. They ran harder. They cut harder. Um, everything. I mean, our disposition didn't match theirs whatsoever, and, and that's always a disappointment. I, I thought that we got outworked across the board. Um, we didn't put enough into that game, and that's extremely, extremely disappointing. The pace you played was at the very end of the game. Is that what you're looking for for the entire game? Well, I, I don't know about that. I mean, um, but the defense we played from the 10-minute mark of the fourth quarter until we started fouling, that should be the way we compete defensively all the time, and, and we haven't done that. I mean, you look tonight, they score 52 points in the paint. Um, they get to the free-throw line. I know the number's inflated because we were fouling at the end, but they still they get to the free-throw line. Um, they kill us on the glass with second-chance points. I mean... The formula we talk about all the time is defend, rebound, and take care of the ball. And tonight that was no, no, and no. Coach, I know if you had the answer for it, you probably would have figured it out by now. But what seems to be the issue as far as your team in third quarters? It's just game after game, it just seems on both ends of the floor, there's, there's nothing there in the third. Yeah, I know. I totally agree. I mean, you know, it was 24-14 in the third. I mean, we, listen, I mean, you, you guys know you sit here, um, you sit here all the time, and um, I certainly will take my share of the blame, but we talked about after the game, some guys have to start taking some individual responsibility here, you know, to, to come out and play hard, you know. You can't have the guy you're playing against be playing harder than you on a consistent basis, okay? And you got to take some personal responsibility to take care of the ball. I mean, turning the ball over 17, 18, 21 times every night is not going to cut it. And um, so in those areas, the defensive intensity, taking care of the ball, guys are going to have to start owning that and doing better with that. Um, but the intensity, especially in the energy, there's no excuse for what's going on. Uh, hey, Christian Fighter at Zola.com. We asked you uh, two weeks ago about the turnovers, and you told us that story about Dick Bennett. Um, I mean, are you, are you at that point yet? Is it, is it there or not quite? Well, it can't totally be there. So tonight, Brandon had seven turnovers. You know, I, I'm being honest. I, You know, um, I'm not going to sit him. Um, Listen, the answer to these problems is your best players have to take responsibility to defend and play harder and to take care of the ball. Yeah, we can go get other guys. I can go get other guys who would probably never turn the ball over, but they can't go get 25 or 30 points. And I can probably get guys to defend a little bit harder. So am I at that point yet? I'm not. And I think these guys will turn it around. I have a confidence in that. I would say more I have a faith in that because faith is a belief in things unseen, right? And so I haven't seen enough of it, but I still have faith that they will turn it around. But at some point, yeah, because, you know, one of the great axioms of coaching, I think, is, you know, you can lose with anybody. So, you know, if those guys will not make the effort to turn it around, then I think you have to make moves and play other people. But but I have a faith 
that these guys will decide to uh, to turn it around, um, and they better do it uh, quickly. Ooh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that, that sounds like Kevin Lockery when you yeah. played. All right, eight, eight, eight five five. <laughs> eight, Bite five, your five. tongue. <laughs> Never bring that man's name up in my life. <laughs> Bite your tongue. Slap your own face right now. I'm sorry. About that. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> sounds like what he said. You know about one you. of the, <laughs> You have to love. <laughs> you have to love Stan because he's very candid. Yeah. Okay. You know, one of one of the things that a coach mm. never wants to do is it because that's also an indictment on him is that he doesn't want to say his team was outworked because that's almost like saying they weren't prepared. Uh, so you know he he's he's taking some of the blame um, at the same time he's he's letting them know. But when you when you got a young team, these are some of the things that happen when you have twenty turnovers and you're minus eight rebounding. Uh, it's going to be difficult to win that game. You know, 52 points in the paint. Uh, it's very difficult to win that game, regardless of what's going on. Because neither one of the teams, you know, sh- you know, f- you know, f- shot it out of the lights. The lights were going out off and on, matter of fact. Uh, so uh, it- it's difficult, but the little things is what makes it, it, makes it all happen. And, um, you know, that he's not getting it. And he's trying to put, no- put them on notice. Uh, you know, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen here uh, with All right. this team. Reed with 20 points for the Timberwolves and the rookie Edwards with 18 off the bench as the Timberwolves defeat the Pelicans 120 to 110. Still to come on the post game show, it was a record breaker uh, for Steph Curry. We'll talk about the uh, Golden State Warriors as well as the 76ers with their victory against the Detroit Pistons. We'll talk about that and more as we move forward here on the NBA post game show along with Reggie Theus, Jonathan Hood with you on NBA Radio. Truth is, we like the concept, but we had no idea it would work out like it did. It's our new I Want My 80s podcast with me, Mark Goodman. I'm in. It's Nina Blackwood. Hey, it's Alan Hunter, and I'm certainly on board. We're going to dig into the awesome pop culture moments that made the decade of decadence. The I Want My 80s podcast, episode four, is available now, and we are talking 80s movie music with special guest Jim Peterick of Via the Tiger fame, now available on the SiriusXM app. Download it today and tap podcasts. Ready for a new look? Start with fresh eyewear styles at iBuyDirect.com. Our one-stop online eyewear shop is the perfect spot for unique glasses, starting at just $6. With blue light blocking lenses for extended screen time and over 2,000 frames to choose from, you'll see that the eyewear possibilities are endless. And two-day delivery with 14-day free returns. And finding affordable eyewear online has never been easier. Go to iBuyDirect.com. That's E-Y-E-B-U-Y-Direct.com. iBuyDirect.com. Reframing the eyewear game. My name is Eddie Williams. I've been driving for about four years. One of the great things about the JV360 is you can access it anywhere at any time to see freight from any part of the United States. I like the ability to still negotiate rates while picking freight not only for today but for the future. You can't beat that. The app is amazing. It's easy. It's a great tool to have. JB Hunt 360 is leading the way. Set up your account today at jbhunt.com slash carrier360. Rates are at historic lows. 
At the same time, home values have gone up roughly 50%. Maybe it's time to put that equity to work by paying off high-rate credit cards, personal loans, or remodel your house. Hi, I'm Wesley Hoagland with Westland Financial. Let us put you in a position to do any of these things with no closing costs. All it takes is a five-minute phone call to see how we can save you thousands of dollars a year. So call Westland at 888-615-3669. Call us at 888-615-3669. Lennox Financial Mortgage Corp. DBA Westland. NMLS 3304. Not all loans apply. Equalizing lender. Invita Medical Center is one of the world's leaders in integrative personalized oncology. And for over 20 years, late-stage and complex cancer patients have sought out Invita for a critical second opinion. When it comes to treatment, knowing how to target your cancer is everything. I'm Dr. Dino Prado, the founder of Invita Medical Center, and I invite you to discover the powerful targeted treatment options you've been missing. Learn more at Invita.com forward slash fight. That's E-N-V-I-T-A.com forward slash fight. The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of the lake is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? Where else is history still in the making? Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA. Only here. Season continues on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. NBA Radio on Sirius XM is available on your connected devices. Listen at home anytime you want with Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, or however you stream in the house. Tonight's action at 855-NBA-JUMP. Now, back to the NBA Radio Postgame Show. With you here on the NBA Postgame Show, Sirius 207XM86 and the Sirius XM app. Hit us up on Twitter as well, at SiriusXMNBA, at TweetJHood, at Reggie Theus. Glad to have you with us. Reggie, the Utah Jazz defeated the Golden State Warriors 127-108, to but the story is, is that as Steph Curry, my goodness... My goodness, Steph Curry <laughs> was able to just not only have yet another fine game, 24 points, but he surpassed Reggie Miller, did he not, for on the three-point, uh, all-time three-point uh, list. God, what are those totals? Does anybody have them right now? Because I didn't look them up. But, but just thinking about it and thinking about how great a shooter Reggie Miller uh, I don't, I would say is. I could say was, but he probably still can shoot it. Um and Reggie Miller is probably not, he's just in the conversation with Steph Curry when it comes to shooting. Steph Curry is that good. He's that good a shooter. He's the best bad shot maker I have ever seen. And uh, just a phenomenal, phenomenal shooter. And, I mean, obviously his whole family can shoot the ball. But uh, what an accomplishment, you know, along with the championships. But, uh, you know, what great company that is. Think about how long it took Reggie Miller to be able to attain his his numbers of success and Curry making history in his career at this point in time, passing Reggie Miller for second on the all-time three-point list. That's, I just think that is amazing. Growing up watching and, basketball. And really missed a year, too. Yes. Basically. <laughs> and still know. doing it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, think about this for a second. Okay, now let me, let me explain something to you. Okay, I was a decent shooter. I was more of a scorer, but but I could shoot the ball. Somebody that sits here, and and, and, and by the way, I've been around some great shooters. Downtown Freddie Brown, Dell Ellis, Reggie Miller. You know, I, I 
played against them and with them all, right? For somebody to sit here and tell me that somebody made 105 straight three-pointers, I'm calling bull. I'm saying that no way did that happen. And this man obviously did it. I mean, you it, you know how hard it would be to even make 105 straight free throws for that matter. Mm-mm. But 105, I think, you know, there's, I don't know the circumference, but the ball going to the rim, I mean, there's plenty of room, but it's got to be, you know, it's got to be online and on target pretty much every time, especially if you're shooting from the corners. But 105 in a row is yeah. pretty amazing. It's it's actually phenomenal. The work ethic, um, his upbringing, and his attention to detail says it all for Steph Curry. I have never seen anyone shoot the ball from the outside like that. Never have never seen that before. Um, I just wondered about basketball pass. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, any way you want it, Reggie, any way you want it. I mean, there's been classic three-point standstill shooters. Like, I'm in the oh, corner, yeah. and I got to make sure my my shoulders are square and my feet are right here. And I, we've seen plenty of those guys. But the idea that Steph Curry could do it on the bounce, he could be able to do it um, standing still, upside down, however you want it, he could be able yeah. to knock it down. That says a lot for him. You know, the only thing, and I always say this, and and I mean this, not taking anything away from anyone, um, I often wonder, because Steph Curry shoots the ball kind of in front of his face, which I've always frowned on, but he is special in every way because he's able to get that space and he takes no time to get his shot off. I mean, he only needs six inches to get that shot off, basically. Um, and I often wonder, I say, a guy like Reggie Miller who played in a different era where, you know, the team, where the guys put hands on you. You know, you didn't get a chance to just line up and, and shoot the ball at any particular time. You know, Steph Curry has it easier because of the way the, the game is played today. But it does mm-hmm. not take away from the fact that the man is just – I think that – I don't think that there would be anyone that would argue with me if I said that Steph Curry is the best shooter of all time, you know, there's guys that are great scores. I mean, I go back to, to, uh, pistol Pete Maravich who would have probably averaged, you know, in the thirties, a uh, uh, high thirties in this, in the league today with the way he played. Uh, but I can't think of one guy that could shoot the ball anywhere near clay Thompson might be the closest yeah. thing in today's game to Steph Curry. I mean, it could be his brother, by the by the way. Right, uh, Mitchell with uh, Donovan. And he's Mitchell. got a, and he's got a hell of a golf swing too. So oh. I'm really a fan. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell had 23 points, nine for 18 from the field, 17 points for Mike Conley for the Jazz in their victory. Other side of it is the Warriors with Steph Curry with that 24 points and James Wiseman. You talk about right place and the right time for James Wiseman. However, you looked at this past draft, Reggie. You just you look at Wiseman, you see the size. And when I'm watching him, I'm saying, "Wait, have I seen you play before?" I don't mean like college. I mean like in the league. I think I, I, I think it's a perfect spot for him because of the veteran presence of Wiggins and Green, Kelly Oubre, Baysmore, the veterans on that team. But then for Wiseman, he doesn't seem like it's too big for him. He seems like he's not overwhelmed by the moment. A big that just does what he does, doesn't shoot a lot of threes, is able to be from the foul line down, just being able to be the center he is, and 15 points for him tonight. I look forward to his development. 
He seems poised. Mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 and I like the fact that, you know, he's being yelled at a little bit. I like the fact that he, you know, coming from Kentucky and he, you know, obviously he was a big time player. I mean, he's been in the big time and uh, his, his, his head's on right. Um, but being in a, with a veteran team that has won uh, and, and, and don't get me wrong. I think it's out of line for someone to yell at a player on national television or on television sure. uh, where everybody can see. I think that's wrong. You got to do that at practice or you got to do that. You can say something sideways to a guy in a game, but not, you know, not loud and, and to the point where you're going to get attacked, you know, thinking that the referee, I'll tell you a quick story. I had, I, I know how referees think sometimes because, you know, they are, they're, they're very sensitive. You know, you remember Dick Vavetta, right? Oh yeah. Okay. So I'm in a game uh, playing and, and Dick is, um, you know, referee and calls a, a kind of a shaky call back call. And I, and I said, Oh, Dick. And, and he gave me a tech and he turns around and says, Oh, Rich, I didn't know that was you. He thought somebody was being funny. So he was just going to give him a tech anyway. He thought he was, you know, calling him out of his name. You know? So the referee's a little, little shaky like that. You know, they, you know, you tap him on the shoulder and they, they, they you know, they jump, you know, cause they, they're looking for the next guy coming at him. So, <laughs> Wow, it's a, it's a true story. It happened. I'm sorry. You talk about Wiseman. Uh, I think it's a, a great place for him because of the style of play. The, like you said, the veterans. I was surprised Minnesota didn't take him. I thought that him and Cat would have worked well together because it would allow Cat to play more on the perimeter. And, you know, then he, when he went out of the game, he could go down to the block. I thought it would give him a chance to be more versatile. But, uh, you know, Wiseman is a, a lucky guy because he, you know, he went to the right team. He went to a winning team and a winning culture with great fans, too. With Reggie Theus, Jonathan Hood with you here on the NBA Post Game Show on NBA Radio. The Philadelphia 76ers on the road against Detroit. And I got the text messages from Rick, Rick Mahorn because he's listening. He's cussing us right now. I'll tell you what he says <laughs> off the air. He's cussing us. Uh, but the Sixers, they defeated the Pistons by a score of 114 to 110. The Sixers, I need to talk to Coach Theus. I don't want to talk to player Theus. I need to talk to Coach Theus. So, Coach Theus, if I'm a player and I'm Ben Simmons and I can can do almost anything you want me to do on the floor. I can I can get to the rim. I can be able to uh, get to the foul line as often as I want to, like he did tonight, 20 points. He had nine rebounds, seven assists, but I just won't shoot threes. How would that? How does that work for you? Especially if you, if I'm, if I'm the player, Ben Simmons, like, oh, coach, I'll work on, it, I'll work on it, but never attempt it. How would that work yeah. for you? Because Simmons has everything you want, Reggie, except that. Yeah. Well, first of all, I, you know, I'm going to say this about Coach Casey and, and Detroit. Uh, you know, 110, 114, he's got those guys playing as well as they can. Yes. Uh, they're, there's a, they're young. They're, they're, they're going to take, you know, they have some veterans, but they're young. And they're, and they're going to take, take some time for them to get, to get better. And they got to be competitive. Uh, in the meantime, so I, I, I'm a big fan of his, and, and so you know, I know he's taking his lumps, but, but but you know, Rick is he's a guy that you know he got over because he played with Isaiah and Bill Lambeer, you know. So oh what can I tell you? Oh boy! You know? <laughs> oh boy! And, and by the way, he, you know, he had a reputation of being a fighter. He ain't a fighter. He's just big. 
you know, I can say those things about Rick. That's my boy. <laughs> oh man, uh, he's over. I know he's shaking his head. He's like, I'm, oh, he, he's like, I know he's squinting at me right now. <laughs> I'm probably gonna get a text message. My phone is anyway, on fire but, right now. But you know, the thing that I I, I like, see, to me. Doc Rivers is not getting enough credit. Uh, and I haven't heard people talking about it. Maybe they have. But I think that what's happening with the Sixers is because of Doc Rivers. And because he's got these guys playing the right way. Now, obviously, they have, they've added some shooting, which is super important. And they had a couple of guys that can handle the ball. Even though Ben Simmons is doing a great job at distributing, what has to happen is there has to be sections of the game from a coaching perspective where he's not handling the ball and he's catching the ball in a scoring area that via, you know, 10 to 12 feet from the basket, he can't catch the ball 10 to 12 feet from the basket if he's bringing it up court. So I think doc has done a great job with moving these guys around, getting them to buy in to what part one of the hardest things for a coach to do is to get players to understand how they play best because every player has a vision in their mind of who they like to be, who they think they are. And one of the hardest things for coaches to do is to, to get them to understand who they really are and how they really play their best basketball, because what the coach thinks is always different than what the player thinks. So I've seen that on every level, whether it be college or pros, I don't have a problem with Ben Simmons not being able to make threes because I need him to be able to do all the other things. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's happening right now. There's, there, there's, they stopped worrying about him making threes. Now, of course, they went a couple of years without any other shooters on the team. And that that was a problem. But right now, you got Curry, who's knocking down shots. Uh, I, I think that it's, it's been phenomenal. I'm not a huge you know, Danny Green fan, because I think his wheels have fallen off. But he's knocking down shots, too. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that opens the floor. Uh, you also have uh, MB playing closer to the basket for the a majority part of the game. Establish your post game, establish your close to the game part, and then go shoot threes. Don't yeah. do it the other way around. Well, let me point out MB because we're going to hear from Doc Rivers in just a second. Reggie, what I like about Embiid now, and hopefully this will be the case throughout the season, is that Embiid does not look tired to me. There is mm. times where you saw Embiid that you could see him give you a burst for about a good couple of quarters and then kind of lumber. But I'm yeah, yeah. If, if, if Embiid's giving you 35 minutes as he gave you Saturday night, 33 points, 14 rebounds, and is not afraid, by the way, on a driving kick, if he's open at the top of the key, he's going he's gonna to knock down that three. And, uh, and, he'll take, and he he'll, should. He'll take more threes and Simmons will so I mean yeah. at least at least he's giving you what you're looking for the other point the other piece about the Sixers is uh they have the most passes they have the most passes in a game more so than any team in the league they have the most passes the second they're, team they're, is Charlotte they're moving so. the ball from side to side from yeah. strong side to weak side yes yeah. there there is a lot more ball movement yes and yeah. that's going to also help Ben Simmons so yeah, yeah. I think you're you're 100 right and again that style of play, that's indicative to the way uh, uh, Doc Rivers is coaching this team, and he's got them playing the right way. And so, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with this team and the way they're, they're playing, and they are actually fun to watch. And the, one, the other part about Embiid, and he still talks a little bit, but, you know, he's not flapping his lips as much, mm -hmm. you know, and he's playing. And I think that that's, 
hopefully that's maturity. Hopefully, you know, winning uh, and, and success is the best teacher there is. So maybe he's, he's figuring out that a little less talking, you know, turns into better basketball playing. You know, for me, you can't be fat and out of shape and getting tired after two minutes and still talking crap about everybody else and trolling people on the Internet. You know, to me, that's, that, that shows weakness. Doc Rivers, the Philadelphia 76ers head coach, was asked how it felt to see Embiid, Simmons, and Harris all perform well tonight. Yeah, it was a tough night. I, I tell you, I, it wasn't a beautiful game by us, but it was a win. Uh, it was one of those NBA games where you can see our legs. We got so many wide open shots down the stretch. Everything is front of the rim. Uh, we just needed to survive the game, and, and I thought our guys did that. Um, so really happy with the win. Uh, it's a road win, which we need to keep chalking those up. Uh, first win in one of those back-to-back series, and it's so important to win that first game uh, when you have those back-to-back games with the same team. So we've done that. So a lot of good things. You told us at the beginning of the season that you were hoping to see Ben get to the line more. So what does it say to you to see him shoot 10 for 12 from there tonight? Yeah, I love it. That, that's my goal early on. I wanted him 10 a game, uh, which is hard to do. You know, tonight he had 12. Uh, and uh, was not worried about going to the line down the stretch of the game. So those are a lot of good signs for us. Thanks, Coach. You can go ahead next. Hey, Doc. So I know you've been consistent that you haven't been worried about Ben scoring and all that, but when you see him have a fourth quarter like last night and then come out today, and obviously that's probably the best first half or half period is that all season. Do you feel like that's like now the ball's rolling in the right direction with him? Yeah, but I, I, again, I was not that concerned by it. Like his, his floor game has been so good. Um, and, and also this, that's what we need from him. Like when he plays the floor game, all the other stuff will happen. Uh, but if he just scored and didn't do the floor game, I don't know if that would be good for us either. So uh, we just need him to do both, uh, stay aggressive, pick his spots, you know, and I think he's doing that uh, – you know, he's just getting more and more comfortable. And defensively with him, it seems like you've waited in a lot of instances till the second half to maybe put him on yeah. number one option. Is that just like a fatigue thing trying to make Yeah, it- like I don't, I mean, he, he's he's been awesome. Uh, we probably, honestly, I told y'all last night, we waited a little late in, in the water uh, last night on, on Brown. Uh, but, you know, he got the big steal when we finally did it. We probably waited about eight minutes too long on that uh so uh but tonight again you know and, you know it's funny going in some of these games we don't know who is going to get going on the other team the fact that you have been on your team that you can decide okay now you go get them is, is a hell of a luxury so doc rivers the head coach for the philadelphia 76ers yeah. as the sixers win 114 to 110 reggie well you know you think about it for a second they struggle with detroit and detroit played pretty good basketball Okay, so, but you have to look at their schedule at the same time. They just come off of back-to-back games with Boston. Emotional highs, two big wins, and then you play a team you really feel you should beat by 10 to 15 easily. So, you know, you're going to, you know, that's sometimes you get scheduling wins, sometimes you get scheduling losses. Uh, But those kind of games are trap games. I mean, you think about... Brooklyn, what they did, and then they they went to Cleveland thinking that they were going to have a, a a picnic, and they and oh. and Boo Boo showed up and stole their their picnic basket, right. you know. So, so you know those things happen. Uh, but I, I I think that they're 
they've they're moving in the right direction. And I Doc is so smart not to put any pressure on Ben and his scoring. Ben can do so many other things. And I see him getting live catches, you know, 15, 16 feet from the basket. And that is going to give him the opportunity to to really, you know, be offensive minded also. So he's, he's doing a smart thing. All right, coming up next, we talk about the champs. The Los Angeles Lakers go into Chicago and defeat the Bulls 101-90. to We'll talk about that game as well as hear from Rick Carlisle as Dallas falls short in their contest uh, against the Houston Rockets. It's all part of our NBA postgame show with Reggie Theus, Jonathan Hood with you. You're listening to NBA Radio. Hello, East Street Nation. Welcome to our first show of 2021. Because your job is to drive. Our job is to help with everything else. 
I am Robert Strickler. My wife Joyce and I have been married for 53 years. We have been blessed with six children. I've been taking Prevagen for at least eight years. Prevagen seems to help me recall things and also think more clearly. And I enthusiastically recommend Prevagen. It has helped me an awful lot. Prevagen, healthier brain, better life. Now available in stores everywhere. Robert Strickler is a content contributor for Prevagen and real user. Get pumped, NBA fans, because owning a piece of basketball history has never been easier. Auctions.nba.com is the official home of authentic NBA game-worn memorabilia. Bid on one-of-a-kind items like Stephen Curry's playoffs jersey, LeBron James's all-star warm-up jacket, and Kevin Durant's Christmas Day jersey. And with winning bids as low as $25, there's something for everyone. Visit auctions.nba.com today and claim your piece of the NBA. This is why we play. This is Gerald Brown, and for all the latest in the NBA and a whole lot of fun, check me out Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Bottom Line Sports Show on Sirius XM NBA Radio, Sirius Channel 207, XM Channel 86. Welcome back to the Sirius XM NBA Radio postgame show. Along with Reggie Theus, Jonathan Hood with you on our NBA postgame show on NBA Radio, 855-NBA-JUMP, 855-622-5867 is our phone number. Hit us up on Twitter as well, at Reggie Theus, at Tweet J. Hood. The champs rolled into Chicago. The Lakers defeat the Chicago Bulls 101-90, Reggie, as the brow. Uh, Anthony Davis had... 37 points and 6 rebounds, along with 3 assists. LeBron, a modest 17 points, but he had 11 rebounds and 6 assists. So he was uh, on point as usual for the Lakers. On the other side, it was Zach Levine leading the Chicago Bulls with 21 points and 10 rebounds. Well, first, the Lakers, uh, they've been rolling. I saw their game on Thursday against Milwaukee, and I, I think that this Lakers team is deeper than the one they had last year. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. Without a doubt, deeper. When you, when you think about offensively, uh, the one thing that they've never had, uh, you know, they've never had a, um, uh, you know, a, a Montrez Harrell, the energy guy around the basket. I mean, he, he's, he's like, he's, he's 100 miles an hour all the time. Uh, and he, he, he gets the ball from, you know, any loose ball, anything that they can, they can get to him. Uh, he, he puts it back to the brim. And the other part of it, of it is, is they have a guy, another guy that they can ISO on the block area and, and down the stretch of a game. So that's going to uh, that's gonna play big dividends for them. Uh, Schroeder, uh, I'm a fan of his. I think he's, you know, he's going to have some, he's going to have a better season uh, as, as things go on. Another guy that they can throw the ball to when they need buckets. I, I think it takes a lot away from, uh, you know, not away from it. It takes a lot off of, AD and uh, uh, LeBron's shoulders. Uh, defensively, I don't know if they're as good defensively because I thought that the, the seven-footers in the background, you know, gave them a different look. Uh, but KCP is still solid defensively. Schroeder's decent defensively, not, not nothing special. But that's going to be the difference. The, the team is better on paper offensively, not quite as good defensively. So if they can maintain their ability uh, defensively, they got a great chance of repeating. 
this year. I want to get your thoughts about Chicago as well. Chicago has that three-game losing streak broken as the Lakers win. Zach Levine, as I mentioned, had 21 points and 10 rebounds in a loss. That line, uh, Reggie, is something that we see a lot of uh, if you're a Chicago Bulls fan. Zach Levine leading the way and then wondering where the other offense is coming from. Is it coming from Lowry Markin? Is it coming from Kobe White? In Chicago, there's questions about how Zach Levine and his career with the Bulls is parallel to yours. When you used to came, when you came out of college and you came to Chicago Bulls, you were the catalyst. Uh, you were the face of the franchise, and you were the go-to guy offensively. And so I'll, I'll ask you this. Uh, how does that make you feel, and what do you think Zach Levine's going through, knowing that he's scoring and scoring a ton, but yet you were doing the same thing when you came in the league with Chicago, where you were the guy, you had good teammates, but they just weren't at your level. How does that work? Right. Different, different, different type of player. I was a full court, up and down guy, and I came to a team that was a blue collar team that wanted to walk the ball up the court. Uh, my first coach was Larry Costello, who kicked me out of practice because I put the ball behind my back. True story. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, he, he cussed me out, told me he'd never want to see me do that again. So, uh, you know, and Zach is, he's, he's a different player, uh, but a different type of score. But certainly he's got way more hops than I have, but, but his bank account is a lot bigger than mine. Sure. <laughs> that, is, that is for sure. Uh, you know, I, I look at Zach, and I, I think, in, because I watched him play at UCLA, so, I, I, you know, I, I, I know his game, and I know who he is as a player. Um, and he's right. It, 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 it does parallel in the sense that he's capable of scoring with anyone in the league. He's capable of playing on the level with any particular group in the league he may be not the top guys but anything below that top level he's right there so the question for Zach Levine in my book uh is is he's in control of his own narrative at this point uh and he's got a contract coming up is he's got to be thinking of whether he's going to stay or not he's got to be thinking about can I get to a team can I get to a place where you know I have a chance to be that second or third option on a better team that's going to go to the playoffs and have a chance to win. Uh, he's getting paid, but he's not getting paid what he would if he was a free agent this year. He'd be, he'd be looking at a full boat. Well, what do you uh, think? He, what, well, Reggie, what do you think he's going through? You went through the same thing. What yeah. do you think he's going through? Where it's a team that's all, it's going to get better because it's Billy Donovan. That's all automatic. But the point is, you though, that Zach, Zach is uh, is that dude is a tremendous scorer like you were with the Bulls. So what does that yeah. feel like when you're looking at a lot of L's when you know that See, you're doing all you can? It's difficult. And you don't want to be a guy, and this is something that I had to deal with my entire career. You don't want to be a, the best player on a bad team for the, for your whole career. And that happened to me a lot. I went from Chicago to Sacramento. You know, I went from Sacramento to Atlanta where we had a really good team. But I was there one year, then I went to Orlando. Uh, so I was the best player, scoring a lot of points and doing a lot of things, but just on a team that wasn't ever on, you know, playing on Sundays, wasn't playing on Christmas Day. And those things, ultimately, they hurt your career. So he's got to think about, and management has to basically show him and talk to him about their plan, where this is going. Or I would say that Zach's got to start thinking about moving on. Because, and and I think that, obviously, I'm a fan of Billy Donovan. uh, And I know Maurice Cheeks is, is, he's got great coaching staff. And that's going to help. And, you know, obviously he's he's done a great job of, of, of blending with them because, you know, he didn't get along with the other guy at all. 
So it's tough. It's 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 like you go home and you start to think about I'm doing my job. What else can I do to help the team? And and there's really nothing else he can do because he's he he doesn't have anyone that can match what he can do. Now I had Artis Gilmore who was a great center, one of the best ever. You know, but that sort of stopped right there. David Greenwood had a couple of good years. Mm-hmm. The difference in the, the 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 team now and the team when I played is management, ownership. You know, they have they've won before. Now they know they have a formula. They know what it's what it's gonna take. And they have to be able to utilize what what they've done in the past to get back there. But for Zach as a personal, he's gotta start thinking about himself. He's got to think about his career. He's young. He's got he's got a couple more contracts in front of him, and but he's also got to think about you know uh, what he wants to leave behind. Being the best player on a bad team is not the way you want to spend your career. All right, don't forget to start your Sunday morning. It'll be uh, Brian Geltziler and Sam Mitchell. They'll talk about everything else that we've been talking about as far as the Saturday night games, including the victory for Denver against Phoenix in double overtime, Houston's victory against Dallas, and so much more. Reggie, it's been my pleasure, man. Thank you so much. Pleasure's mine, man. Our thanks to you for listening. Our thanks to Jill and Matt on the other side of the glass for the two-time All-Star, Reggie Thieves, Jonathan Hood. Much for listening to the NBA Postgame Show right here on NBA Radio.